Irena, how are you? Good, good. How's it going? Yes, good. good. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. So let's talk about Revived Soldiers Ukraine. Tell me yeah. how that got started. Uh, so Revived Soldiers Ukraine was established in 2015, and uh, the main goal was to help severely wounded Ukrainian servicemen uh, to get medical treatment here in the United States of America. As of 2014, we knew how war was brutal and so many uh, Ukrainian servicemen left behind without proper medical care. So our team started to reach out to the hospitals and medical facilities to help out uh, our soldiers here in the United States on pro bono basis. So we ask um, medical facilities to accept uh, complicated cases on for no cost, practically. So that's what we, we, we've been doing for eight years now. We're still asking <laughs> Americans to ac uh, accept our servicemen on pro bono or for very minimal cost. It depends on the injury, of course. And also we um, uh, help soldiers to receive prosthetic legs and arms. It's a mild electric like slash bionic uh, legs and arms that we raise money for and actually we're paying for it. How did you get involved in this? Well, that was, uh, you know, that was a difficult time for Ukraine in uh, right after revolution in 2014. Uh, and with the first uh, casualties that Ukraine suffer, um, we start to get all these images of uh, tear of bodies and I just couldn't stand, stay behind um, since the Maidan, the people who suffer on Maidan. Uh, with the injuries, and it was slowly went to uh, the war in the east of Ukraine. So I, I, it's it's hard for me to say how I got involved. I just thought that's the right thing to do at the moment, and it still is uh, because we're still in the war eight years later, nine almost. Uh, so it's um, I don't know. I don't have exact answer for that. Well, are you doing this full time now? Well, I was always been doing it full time. I was at home. Uh, I was. Uh, um, housewife. <laughs> so I was been always doing it as a housewife and it was very difficult to, for example, to meet people, some soldiers I never met in my life, even though we were helping them for like a year at the time. Um, yeah, so we've been bringing them over and I never had the time to actually fly and, and meet these people. And, um, so that was all like kind of distance working. Uh, yeah, so, but it is a, full-time job uh if somebody's flying at night and for example and airlines wouldn't get the soldier on the flight i had to go on the phone at one in the morning or so and I'd get it straight up and um have the person to get on the flight it's it's just very difficult to deal with them um, with the injured people it's a lot of accommodation needs to be done it's not just like a regular person that can take a backpack and walk it's yeah. a person who doesn't have legs, arms. A lot uh, of logistical stuff you got exactly, to take care yes, of. Exactly, yes. There's a lot of going on. Yes, yes. So, so that, did, yes, it is full-time job. <laughs> how did the soldiers find you when you were starting this, uh, you know, eight years ago? How did you get started? Well, who, I, was, I, was, I was finding them. I was finding soldiers. Uh, we would reach out here for medical facilities, and they would say, like, hey, that's the doctors or specialty we are in. Uh, so we would go and find soldiers in Ukraine with such injuries. Sometimes uh, I would uh, talk to the doctors in uh, usually Kiev Army Hospital. 
uh, because they received the most complicated cases and because our medical system was not super great at the time. Ukraine never fought a war, so our doctors would never treat a wounded soldiers from a war, war injuries. And so the, the best facility was at the time was the Kiev Army Hospital, and we worked with the Kiev Army Hospital doctors. So we would ask, for example, if somebody would, um, if they need some somebody who, like, practically have a zero chance to survive in Ukraine, and they would provide us with such cases, and we would transport those guys. We bring them to the states too, right? Like yes. Roman, work, work, for example. Work, Let me yeah. give you. Let me share my screen here. You know this guy, right? Of course I do. He lives in my home. <laughs> uh, Roman Hradensky. Uh, so he is a very young man. Uh, and he reached out to us, to our nonprofit in Ukraine. Because throughout this all years of work, we got um, sort of image of uh, a nonprofit that helps wounded soldiers with complicated injuries. Yeah. And sol soldiers in Ukraine reaching out directly to us. Uh, so we got him uh, through um, him being in war prisoner, first of all, and knowing a director of our nonprofit in Ukraine, Tatiana Hrubinyuk. So Tatiana actually asked me to, to assist Roman, and we did. We brought him to the United States uh, in September of 2022. And you do and the visa stuff too, right? Everything, yes. It's, it's everything. It's logistic is working with the Ministry of uh, Health in Ukraine to get those guys out of Ukraine because none of the males can leave uh, the country as of 18 through like 65, I think. Yeah. So they have to have a special permission to leave the Ukraine, the uh, Ukrainian territory. And, and then Roman's back in Ukraine, right? I think he's married now. He is. He's 20 years old and he got married. That's right. Uh, he received a prosthetic arm from uh us in philadelphia it costs us about thirty-five thousand dollars, and he received two legs running and walking leg in orlando florida that's when he was stayed with me um and uh yeah we were happy to you know to help him 35 grand all from from just donor donor support right yeah yeah we look yeah we look for donors and supporters throughout the country is americans and uh ukrainian americans uh mostly and people are being very, very uh, accommodating, I would say, and uh, willing to help. I hope it will continue. Um, not sure how long, but uh, we will uh, try to assist as many soldiers as we can. And we have right now uh, Denis Kuznetsov. He is uh, also war prisoner from Mariupol. Yeah. He's a border guard patrol. So Roman served as a Marine 36 uh, Brigade. And um, Dennis uh, is a border patrol. Uh, he got injured uh, in Mariupol as well. And he was, got captive. Uh, and he was at the Donetsk Army Hospital. Uh, sorry, Donetsk uh, Hospital. Yeah, I mean, you've helped a lot of people. Here's, uh, yeah. here's Andre. Andre, yes. Um, it's a sweetheart. <laughs> Uh, Andre served in the 80th Brigade, uh, and some of his relatives reached out to us. Andre lost both legs, as you see, above the knee, and he lost a vision on one eye completely. Actually, U.S. doctors um, uh, pulled out a big piece of um, 
rubber of his eye. Yeah, didn't he have the rubber in his eye for months without knowing about it? Yes, yes, it's, uh, yeah, so. And that was in his good eye. No, that was in, uh, it was in his bad eye, okay. <laughs> yes, and doctors in Chicago went in and uh, they thought it's a piece of bone. They tried to get out, but they ended up pulling out a piece of rubber. It's pretty wow. big too. So that's uh, that's what happened to him while the explosion. He he got exploded on the mine, um, anti tank mine, and the piece of rubber got into his eye. That's how he lost his eye. These are uh, soldiers that probably couldn't get the level of care and the prosthetics and to and be able to go back to Ukraine to their families without your help, right? Yeah, well, they, the soldiers keep looking for different ways uh, to get assistance and a lot of them waiting for prosthetics. For example, we have about 500 soldiers right now waiting for the arm prosthetics. So right now we're getting... Say that number again. 500. 500. About, about, about 500 soldiers that waiting to get an arm prosthetic. Here's uh, Vladislav. He's got the best last name, Zhaivoronok, if you speak Ukrainian. I... <laughs> uh yeah hold on and uh hold on, I need here's to... alexander also with leg prosthetics yeah i, I cannot see anybody hold on oh <laughs> <laughs> sorry so, I... oh yeah uh yeah my screen oh, no. here's alexander yeah alexander yes alexander served in the carpat uh, carpat uh siege uh it's a voluntary platoon and he's from arivna uh, he lost both legs, as you see, below the knee. So Revived Soldiers Ukraine could provide him with a, you know, six legs, two running, two crossfit, and two walking legs. Uh, he's a very young man and very active, so we would like to, you know, him to be uh, limitless. Uh, I know some of these gentlemen, his, including uh, uh, Vladislav, have started to do their, their own activism. Um, you know, yeah, how many, yeah. Do you know how many soldiers from Ukraine you've helped? I mean, you've been doing this for eight years. Obviously, yeah, you got uh, more busy a year ago. That's right. Uh, so we could manage to bring 66 Ukrainian wounded soldiers to United States uh, throughout all this uh, eight years of work. Um, and we've been talking about injuries that, you know, some of the soldiers staying here for a year or two years. So it's not just like in and out situation if we bring severely uh, a wounded uh, person to united states with a war injury it's a war injury it's usually infection and uh you know all these complications that they have uh after war after the injury uh with the poor care of uh, ukrainian doctors and we cannot blame ukrainian doctors there's a lot of going on and a lot of injuries a lot of injuries coming in so, you know, as a Sandri, Andri had his, you know, rubber piece of, um, oh, I would say it was, I think it was like a wheel of a car piece. And, you know, we can blame the doctors because they tried to save one, one part of the body and, you know, they probably didn't see the second one and just like in and out yeah. process. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's. Yeah, so it's very complicated cases and it takes a lot of time and effort of volunteers of our uh, charity to help those guys here in the and US. Money goes to Ukraine too, right? To help hospitals? And we do, uh, yes. In 2022, we did assist a lot of hospitals with their um, uh, equipment, medical equipment. Uh, we would buy x-rays and uh, um, 
ultrasound machines for, for several major hospitals. Uh, also, we would assist uh, frontline medical medics. Uh, we got a lot of ambulances. I think like 50 something cars, ambulances and 50 uh, un, uh, cars for like uh, just uh, platoons, pickup trucks and four-wheel drivers. Um, and we got a lot of like first aid kits. I think everybody did that, like tourniquets, first aid kits, a blood cloth uh, material um, and, uh, you know, generators, drones, uh, radio stations. I think we put our, our team put about four and a half million into into the uh, helping Ukrainian army uh, with this non-military non stuff, like more like secondary, but important things. And also I think like about 2 million we put into medical, st medical stuff, as well as our rehabilitation center next step, uh, Ukraine in Lviv, which is west of Ukraine. We're opening a second rehab right now. Uh, Irpin did survive, we had one in Irpin. And we did survive, we, but it's small. So we're, we're doing like twice bigger in Lviv and we will put more advanced equipment in Lviv because it has space for it. So it's a lot of projects going on and we try to assist as many uh, soldiers and civilians actually, whoever, whoever got injured within this brutal war, uh, we try to assist as many in Ukraine and also like those complicated ones we, we are trying to bring over to us. So how do people, ordinary people help? Uh, well, it's in several ways, actually. We do look for uh, volunteers on this on a spot because we have to place soldiers somewhere, right? We have we have to drive them to the doctors. It's usually, we, we do need help with the Ukrainian-Americans to know the, the language to translate. And, uh, well, there's... Um, also like volunteering in our charity events because we try to do a lot of charity events throughout the country to raise the money and also obviously the easiest way i would say not not easiest it's not the right way to say but the fastest way to help is to donate so we can you know cover those prosthetics and can manage with other people to bring uh, do the logistics with the passports visas uh travel from ukraine travel to us housing food transfer and everything else here while those guys here in the US. What's the website? How do people find you? Uh, so the website is www.rseukraine.org. Oh, okay. So we got, we got some, sorry, we got donate. some technical <laughs> difficulties right when you were saying that. <laughs> Say that again. So it's www.rseukraine.org. And www.r Revived S. S Soldiers Ukraine, Ukraine. rsukraine.org. Org, O R G. Yeah. rsukraine.org. If somebody wants to find your website to donate, so they can donate, they can sign up to help with fundraisers, yeah. sign up to translate if you're Ukrainian American right. uh, and you speak both languages, um, sign up for logistics. I'm sure you've got, you know, doctors, professionals, lawyers, other types of people helping out too, right? Yes. Yes. And we need those two <laughs> a lot. <laughs> so what's next, Irena? Where are you headed to? What are you uh, up to? Well, actually, I'm going to back to uh, Orlando, Florida. We're in Philadelphia right now to do uh, some, some of the work with the wounded soldiers and uh, try to negotiate with Penn Medicine on our... our, our 
getting our soldiers for Programa. Sorry, I lost you there for yeah. a second. I think the last thing I heard was you're headed from uh, Philadelphia back to Orlando. Philadelphia, yes, uh, we we've been arranging uh, um, uh, a medical for Ukrainian wounded soldiers at Penn Medicine. All right. Well, hey, I I know you're busy. I appreciate that. You yeah, took I gotta some run. <laughs> I literally have to run. I now. appreciate you took some time out to talk to me. Thank you Remember, so much. Revive Soldiers Thank Ukraine, rsukraine.org, if you want to get yeah. involved. Irena, thanks again for coming on Ukraine Watch. Take care. We will win. Ukraine will win. Absolutely. Slava Ukraini. Thank you. Thank you for your support, guys. Bye.